Welcome to the Kingdom at Hand from Hosanna Free Lutheran Church in St. James, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this sermon would be a blessing to you as we look at the Magnificat. We're continuing our sermon through the Magnificat right now, going through the book of Luke slowly. Uh, we'll get done with that in about three years. I think that'll work. Um, Edgar laughs. It's, you know it's true. Maybe four. <laughs> It would take Edgar for. I, I, I'm just going to leave that right there. Um, so, our sermon today is going to be from Luke 1, verses 49 through 52. But I'm actually going to read the whole Magnificat. I was thinking about this this last week, and I thought, you know what, I need to be doing this. We need to read through this whole thing, and then we're going to grab that portion, and we're going to study that. That sounds good. So, If you'd please rise out of honor of God's word. I apologize, I should have had you had the whole thing in there, but next week we will. That's my bad. I read in Jesus' name, Luke 1, verses 46 through 55. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, From now all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the Magnificat. Lord, we thank you for Mary's praise. We pray now as we come to study it that we would live out this praise as well to the glory of your name and to the upbuilding of ourselves and everybody around us. Lord, we ask that you would use your word to change us to make us more like Christ. Father, sanctifying us in your truth. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Do I? I do have the remote. How about that? Do I have control? Or does Nathaniel only have control? No, only... Oh, I have control. Kind of. Did you just click it? I actually get the remote. My children aren't going to take it away from me. It's a false sense of security. (laughs) Careful, Jason, I have good hearing. Um, So as we're continuing in the Magnificat, last week, you know, we talked about how Mary was praising God in her humility, in, in her humble estate, how when that... God is blessing her, not because she is great, not because she is powerful, not because she has somehow gained fame and fortune and all of them things, but rather God is blessing Mary because God has chosen to, that it's in the hands of God. It's by the power of God. It's because of who God is. You know, and that's where we start out today then, looking at who God is. Because as we think about praising God, it's not based upon what we see or based upon what we do 
It really, it's based upon who he is. Because all that God does comes out of who he is. It, God isn't just trying to, you know, schnooker us. Schnooker us? Does anybody use that phrase anymore? It, it is a real phrase. Um, it's just old. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of getting old. Um, so, God's not trying to pull the wool over our eyes. God's not trying to deceive us. Rather, God always acts out of his character. And so this is God. Verse 49. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And so I don't, how many of you remember going to math class and having word problems? Any of you? I, I'm sure all of you loved them. They're just wonderful. It, they became so much easier for me once I realized that is functions as an equal sign. You know, and so, well, I'm not going to go through a word problem right now. But, because I'm afraid that some people might have PTSD from that. Um, get anxiety. But is functions as an equal sign. These things, God, he is mighty. This is a description of his character. God is the one who can, he is the mighty one. He is the only one that's actually mighty. He's the only one that has the capacity to change the world like like it needs to be changed. God is the mighty one. It's not someone else. It's not the Roman Empire. It's, it's not the Jewish Sanhedrin. It's not the priesthood. It's God. It's the Lord. He's the mighty one. And so as we, as we think about that, how do we apply that to now? Any of you feel any anxiety over any of the things that are going on in our world right now? I, I tell you, I have. You know, the question is, is Donald Trump the mighty one? Is Joe Biden the mighty one? Is um, Yasser Arafat, he's not even really doing anything anymore. But, you know, he's dead. Yeah, so he's not doing anything. You're right, he's dead. Um, I don't know why his name came to mind. Obviously, he's not the mighty one. Like, these people... People. It's not the courts. It's, it's not Vladimir Putin. It's, you know, it's not Macron. They're not the mighty ones. It's the Lord. The Lord is the mighty one. He's the one we look to. He's the one we hope in. So as we feel that anxiety, as we feel that turmoil, as we feel that angst inside of us, where do we go? We go to the mighty one. This is the Lord. We go to the Lord. We bring this to the Lord. We hand it off to him. Lord, you have to work in this election because you know what? I don't trust any of these people anymore. Lord, you have to work. This is in your hands. You are the mighty one. Lord, you have to work in global politics. This is in your hands. Lord, you have to work in COVID. This is in your hands. Lord, you have to, you are the one that protects us. You are the one that guides us. For the Lord, he is mighty. And we have that promise and we praise God for that. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. Because this isn't just some mighty God that exists out there, this transcendent God. This is why we can come to the Lord. Not only is he mighty, but he is actively working in this world. You know, we think about the Fairmont school, Fairmont Christian even messing that up. 
It's too complicated, John. <laughs> you guys should have had a simpler name. Fairmont Christian School and their decisions. And like we can go to God on their behalf that God would grant wisdom. You know, for all of the school systems and the decisions that they're making, whether to go virtual or to not go virtual, we need to call upon the Lord for these people that God would grant them wisdom. As we pray for our governor and pray for the president, that God would grant them wisdom. Because God is the one that does work in this world. He's not just holding his might back. He's not just somewhere and then maybe sometimes he steps in. No, this is the God who works. He has done great things. This is God, Mary's saying. This is God at work. This is how God works. Praise God. We're not in this alone. This doesn't even reside on our shoulders. God cares about all of these things and all of these people way more than we do. No matter how much we care about them, God sent his son to die for all of us. God cares. Praise God. He's done mighty things. This was talking to Janet last week. If we can trust God for our eternal salvation, we can probably trust God with COVID. Maybe. He's done the big things. We can trust him with the little things too. You know, and so this is God. He is the one who has done. This is him at work in our world. We can look to God. Praise God. He has done great things for me and holy is his name. I don't know about you guys, but the fact that God is holy grants me great comfort because that tells me that God will never do anything untoward. That God will never do anything bad. That God will never do anything evil as far as he understands evil. Now, that doesn't mean that God does everything according to the way that Joe would like things done. Though, if you know, no. It, God does that which is holy. God is holy. He embodies holiness. He embodies righteousness. And so this is a call then for us, not only just to come to him, but then to trust him after we've come to him. To trust him. God's going to do that which is best. God's going to do that which is right. And so then we submit ourselves to God in light of that. You know, just as Jesus prayed, not my will, but thine be done. So we submit ourselves to God. And we say, God, your will is best. Your will is right. You know what is best in the grand scheme of things. You know, because how much do we know? I know what I would I think I know what I would like. That's about as far as I can go. Because how many of you ever gotten something and realized you didn't really want it? Done that. I think, oh, this would be great. You know, this is going to make my life so much simpler and then I'm spending hours fixing it. That's not the way God works. God always does that which is good because God is holy pure, blameless, right. This is God. So he calls us to bring these things to him because of who he is. God is the mighty one. God is also merciful. You know, this is, this is great. We're, we were talking about this at men's Bible study. Mercy and grace. What is mercy? Mercy 
is God not giving us what we deserve? Because you know what? In reality, what do we deserve? Nothing good. Nothing good. You know, we, I think about this. And those of you who didn't come to men's Bible study, those of you men who didn't come to men's Bible study, you missed out. It was a good time. Um, so we're meeting at hometown. And so that's, that's kind of fun, hoping to you know, be an influence in our community a little bit more. But as we were discussing this, you know, this was going through my mind because how do we interact with God? You know, every time I sin, I'm blaspheming God. Every time I, I distrust God, I, I walk in my own ways instead of walking in God's ways. I'm telling God, hey, God, I know better than you. God, I'm smarter than you. God, I know my ways. I know the right way to interact in this world better than you do. I dishonor God. I disrespect God. I show the world that God's not to be trusted. I tell the world this. When I sin, I'm telling everybody that I'm interacting with in my sin, you know what? This is how God would act. Or if I'm telling them, you know, as a Christian, I'm telling them this is how God would act. If I'm acting as a non-Christian, and I'm telling you, you don't have to trust God. You think about that. How many of you have sinned in the last couple of days? <laughs> okay, at least Linda raised her hand. We got one honest person. No. <laughs> and that's, that's what our sin is. Our sin is us disrespecting, dishonoring, disobeying God. Smearing his name. When I'm holding on to that hatred, when I'm holding on to those that that the desire to just get my own way. That's me sinning against God. So what do I deserve? If men, if your wives acted like that, would you appreciate it? Wives, if your husbands acted like that, would you appreciate it? Parents, if your children acted like that, would you appreciate that? How about a friend? Would you stick around them? Like, that'd be tough, wouldn't it? That'd be hard. And God says, you know what? I forgive you. That's mercy. God has mercy on those who fear him. Those who understand, really, we don't deserve this. Because we should fear God. Because what do we deserve? Sin. We deserve sin to overtake us and consume us. We deserve that. God's holding that back. We're told that in 2 Thessalonians. God doesn't let things get as bad as they could. Think things are bad now? In America? We're still at the peak of human history. This is amazing what God has given us. We don't deserve this. We don't deserve a warm place to be. We don't deserve food in our bellies. We don't deserve any of this stuff. So we should fear God because it's God who's the one who's given this to us. You know, to stand in that proper relationship with God and to say, this is all a gift. This is all a gift. Praise God. He could take it away in a moment. If God wanted to, what could we hold back from God? You know, if God wanted to take my life, could God do that? Absolutely. God wanted to take my family, could God do that? 
Absolutely. God wanted to take away my, my comfort. You look at Job and what God gave Satan the ability to do. Took everything away from him. We should fear God. Does that mean that we, we live in this servile terror? No. Because God has mercy on those who fear him. Think about that. How, how God changes these things and takes that fear and then lifts up the person who fears him, who understands their proper, our proper place with God. This is God doing this. God showing himself that it's God who is both good and terrible all at the same time. Because God is holy too. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. This isn't just for today. This is for tomorrow. This isn't just something that we've figured out. This is something that God's been saying forever. How do we approach God in humility, in submission, in surrender, in trust? Because you know what? God is terrifying. If I thumb my nose at God and say, I don't need you. I don't, your, my ways are best. That's not good. But to those who say, God, I need you. And I need your mercy. God says, you got it. Because fear, what does Solomon tell us? Fear is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So we start there. As we realize then, even though I don't deserve any of these good things that God has given me, I don't deserve any of them. What does that teach me about God? Oh, we got a God that loves us, don't we? We got a God that, that cares. We have a gracious and a merciful God because I don't deserve my health. I don't deserve my family. I don't deserve my home. I don't, I don't, deserve, I don't deserve anything. And yet I have so much. Like, what does that teach us? Oh, the love of God is so great. So we start with that fear and then we look. We trust. And that's the way that God always acts and that God always will act from generation to generation to generation. Praise God. This is the mighty one. This is how he would have us interact with him. And this is then how he interacts with us. Thirdly, I heard the joke about a, a preacher who, who finally ended after his 24th, finally. Thirdly, not finally. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. God has shown strength with his arm. God is the one. This, you know, all of these themes, they all roll together. This is God. He is the mighty one. God is the one who is merciful to those who, are fear, who fear him. God is the one who is strong who shows himself strong in this world. 
He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. Now, what are the thoughts of the proud? I deserve this, right? I deserve good things. The proud person, the proud person is the one who thinks, you know, I'm pretty good. I'm, I deserve fame. I deserve accolade. I deserve whatever. And then the proud person is frustrated sometimes because they don't get what they think they deserve. I, I deserve more. I want more. I desire more. And so then they, they look at themselves and all of the things that they've been given and they say, I deserve this. That's the thoughts of the proud This is because of my hard work. This is because of my ambition. This is because of my greatness. This is because of my holiness. This is because of my prowess. This is because of me. All the good things I have are because of me. Look at me. See me. And the proud person is focused upon themselves and upon what they have done, upon what they have accomplished, and then they give themselves praise. That's the proud person. That's the thoughts of the proud. Do you know why I know that? Because those are the thoughts of Joe oftentimes. (laughs) I did pretty well there. I was actually thinking about this as I was in the deer stand. I was thinking, why do we want to shoot the biggest buck? You know, yeah, pride. I want to show the world what I have done. It's like, really? I randomly had a large deer walk in front of me and I took it down with a high-powered rifle. Good job, Joe. Congratulations. You know, but we take pride in that. And I I was sitting there and I was thinking about that. I was like, man, this is ridiculous. What if I approached this actually from a godly point of view and I said, you know, God brought this deer in front of me because I actually did shoot at a deer this year and I didn't get it. And much to my son's chagrin because he was sitting there, he's like, Daddy, you didn't hit it. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Sometimes we miss. These are my thoughts. You know, I, I should say, God blessed me. He gave me the ability to hit that one. He gave, he's the one that brought it there. This is, this is to the glory of God instead of, hey, look at the deer I shot. But that's the thoughts of the proud. Look at what I did. No, it was all a gift. But look at what I did. No, it was all a gift. This is a gift from God. And I know it's a silly illustration, isn't it? But we do that everywhere in our lives. I do that everywhere in my life. He has scattered them in their thoughts. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty. So God's, God's shown them. God, God is so powerful that he can even show the proud person that they don't deserve what they're getting. That's the power of God. He scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones. From their places of rule, from their places of power, from their places of earthly accolade and establishment. God can bring them down. It's God who has that power. 
Those who thought, you know what, I'm here because I deserve this, because of my greatness, because of my wisdom, because of, for whatever reason, I am in this position. Mary is saying, God brings them down. God lowers them. And then God exalts those of humble estate. God flips the world on its head. You could never say, you know, I, I can't do that. I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm not wise enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not eloquent enough. Because that's, those aren't the things that God uses. Because that's actually pride speaking. Pride says, I'm not enough. Because pride is, again, focused on the self. It's focused on me. That's my pride. What is faith? Faith is saying, if God puts me in this, he's going to give me what I need. Faith is me failing and saying, you know what? God can even work through my failures. How many of you ever seen something good come out of a failure? I have. You know what? That's the grace and the mercy of God in an absolute sense. The power of God that he can even use our failures to bring about good things. So do you need to be perfect in order to reveal the truth of God? No, actually, all you need to do is fail. All right, so now we're all capable because I don't know anybody here who's not capable of failure. Lord knows I am. Failed last night. Messed something up. But you know what? God can use that. God can use those things. God can use us. Because this is God. God is the mighty one. God has mercy on those who fear him. And God takes the proud and he breaks their pride. And God takes the humble and he raises them up. This is God. And so this, this time of anxiety, this time of fear, this, this time of opportunity, this time of chaos, we can look to God and we can praise God and we can say, God, use us. Bless us. Guide us for the sake of your name. Amen. Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are mighty, that you are good, that you are holy, that you hear, that you work, that you, Father, that you don't work according to the ways of this world, that you work absolutely other. Lord, forgive us for not trusting you, relying on you, looking to you. Forgive us for looking to ourselves. Bless us now as we trust in you. As we close with the prayer that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Receive the benediction. May the Lord 
bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.